Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of boxing and legendary trainer, the great Teddy Atlas, coming to you today from sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Special in-person episode. Teddy, how you doing? Good. Your hair looks wonderful, <laughs> as always. Thank you. Great. You got it trimmed up just before we went on the air? Anytime we're doing an in-person. Where's your guy staying? Is he staying in another suite? Adjoining room. I have a nice suite here. <laughs> it's really nice. He's in the adjoining room. Okay. He just did my makeup. <laughs> yeah, your bruises are all gone. And Magic of makeup. No, you you healed up. You healed, healed up, up well. Yeah. Thank God. Take and your athletic greens. Yeah, it helps. Definitely does. No doubt about that. And it helps if you move your head, you know. Best defense is not getting hit. But, of course, for the people that weren't listening to our last podcast, uh, thankfully you're okay. You fell off your mountain bike. Yep. And you, you got busted up a little bit. but A little bit. You're good now. I'm and good. as I say to all the people out there, please, please, you're out there doing your exercise, you know, you see Ken in the great shape he's in, keep doing it. But if you're riding a bike, wear a helmet. 100%. Because if you didn't have your helmet, oh, might not be a podcast today. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope, definitely not. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. Huge night of action last night. We had doubleheader pay-per-views, the Charlo brothers in action, and UFC incredible fight all good fights to me i was thoroughly entertained by every single one of the main co-main and the mains on both cards but before we get into the ufc let's break down these charlo fights first up we got jamal charlo in action against sergey derevianchenko very competitive fight in my opinion uh charlo's jab looked to look to be the uh, difference maker for the most part but let's hear what the expert has to say yeah listen i hate to uh go against you a little bit but i'm gonna go against you a little bit um and disagree a little bit but you said it the right way but i will say that it was a it was a very good one-sided fight it was a very good one-sided fight because there was only one guy winning the fight all yep. night long and that was charlo but charlo got tested and that's what we all wanted to see we wanted to see him get tested you know we want to see our champions tested. we want to see our people that are doing well um, unless you're a psychopath and you hate to see people do well, which I feel bad for you people out there that are in that category. I really do. Get better, people. Get better. Um, because I hope you all do well. I hope everyone does well. And you should never begrudge somebody uh, for doing well. But you do. You get that on the, You get reminded of that on the Internet. All my kids can remind me because I don't go on the Internet. <laughs> so you can't get me. <laughs> you can't get me. Ha ha. Yeah, you, you can't. I'm, I'm invisible. I, I don't watch it. But I know that it's out there, and I know that people can be hateful and all that stuff, and sometimes it's it's out of not having a life. Sometimes it's out of resentment. Sometimes it's out of whatever, ridiculous places. And it should never be from those places, you know? We should all be, we should all be rooting for each other. Really. Agreed. And, and feel that maybe someone's rooting for me back. Mm -hmm. That's nice. That's called humanity. Yeah. It's a nice thing. It's a nice concept. <laughs> we should try it a little more often. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we all want to see, everyone wanted to see Sugar Ray Leonard get tested, the golden boy, all the talent in the world. And some out of jealousy, you know, it's like, oh, geez, making money. He's, you know, he's fighting on the network. He won a gold medal. He worked his backside off to get there, number one. Yeah, he's got God-given talent, but he worked to develop it. And, but... There were people that didn't really give him his just due until he got tested. Yeah. And I understand it. 
They wanted to see more than a talented guy. They wanted to see more than a flash, a guy that had un- extraordinarily fast hands and a great smile mm-hmm. and did 7-Up commercials. They wanted to see, did he have that it? What would he do? I'm in a tough situation in my life, people are thinking. What's he going to do when it gets tough? Does he have that it? You know, will he find a way? Is he one of us? Is he tough? Is he more than just golden? More than just shiny? Is there something beneath that shine? And until he fought Roberto Duran and lost, he didn't really have the adulation, the, the respect in those kind of dimensions. You know, he was known as a tremendous fighter. But, and he got it. In this way, Charlo, to a certain extent, even though he's been a champion for about five years, I'm not looking at the papers. You guys are the ones to back me up on that. But I know pretty much what I'm doing. Uh, I'm in the neighborhood. He's been a champion about five years, about eight title defenses with different titles. And he really hasn't fought anybody significant. Probably his best opponent was Austin Trout. And Trout was probably on the other side of his career, to be quite frank. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a habit of being quite frank on this show, <laughs> by the way. That's why I feel so blessed with all the people that watch us that they don't mind the truth. Yeah. And that's nice to be reminded that that can still be something that people will actually look for. Yep. And a lot of times you've, you don't see that nowadays. People hide from it. And, but we'll continue doing our best in that department. And he really, he really, this was his best opponent, fighting Devinchenko. Mm-hmm. And um, again, everyone knew that he's a good-looking kid. Him and his brother, they could do, you know, they could do, um, they could do commercials. I mean, those, those guys could be models. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be on GQ, baby. Yep. And but they want to see more than that. Yeah, are they fighters? Not can they fight? Are they fighters? Will they fight? Will they let you down or will they not let you down? Do they deserve this? That's what I was trying to get at. Mm -hmm. That's what people want to see. And that's what this fight was about. It was about Charlo being tested maybe for the first time. And not to know if he was good, but to know if he could be trusted. If he deserved what he was getting. Hey guys, just want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, PowerDot. Check them out at PowerDot.com. My friend Lance Armstrong turned me on to this product about a year ago. I've been using it for uh, running recovery ever since. I use it religiously. It's incredible for um, recovery, injury prevention, uh, injury rehab. Um, think of it as like a high-tech massage device, Rob. I've actually got it on now. We just uh, went for a run. Rob's got it on my... I've got the device on my calf. Rob, zooming in here to show you how active this thing is. It really passively activates the muscle, causing like soft tissue neuromuscular stimulation, which promotes blood flow, recovery. Um, the guy, they've offered us a special discount using the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S. Go to PowerDot.com. Again, use the promo code ATLAS for 20% off your purchase. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in the company. Like I said, I was introduced to the product a year ago. I've been using it ever since. I loved it so much I invested in the company. Please give them a shot, PowerDot.com. As always, Athletic Green back again. 
been with us for a long time. As you guys know, we love this product. I think that what's one of the most important things you can do during COVID is to keep your immune system as healthy as possible with exercise and a healthy diet. Using Athletic Greens, you'll make sure you're getting all your nutrients, microbiotics, macrobiotics, prebiotics. These guys offer it all. It's basically a, a, a full serving of vegetables in, uh, in the morning to get your day started. These guys spent 10 years with top nutritionists and doctors to create this formula. It's made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients. It has vitamins, minerals, like I said, probiotics, prebiotics, antioxidants. Think of it like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity. Again, use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, um, for a free one-year supply of vitamin D, which is, uh, from all the research, suggests that vitamin D is one of the most important supplements for a strong immune system, especially with the current COVID situation. So give them a shot, Athletic Greens. And sure enough, he fought a terrific fight. Yeah. But that moment came around the seventh round. I don't know if I'm exactly right, but I know it was around there. Around the seventh round, while... Well, the beginning of the fight was all about the jab. It was Charlo's longer, faster, snappier jab, nice jab. And it was Devinchenko's double jab because he's shorter. He needs two to close the gap. Yep. Because you don't want to throw a jab and be left hanging out in the middle of uh, Lexington Avenue in Broadway. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Traffic comes. Yeah. You get hit by a car. Or a punch. <laughs> so you want to close the gap. And so he needed two. But his his jabs were strong. They were accurate. His jab was good too. But Charlo's was better. It was all about the jab early on. And as I always say, it's about geography. Who owned the geography they needed to own in that ring to the most part? Who was most consistent with having the right geography? And I think Charlo uh, went and visited a realtor. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, got a little bit of uh, a little bit of advice from a good realtor that said, "Hey, in your fight coming up, it's about location, location, location." And he was cognizant of that. You could see it. He was going to control that outside, try to try to make Devinchenko go through a bad neighborhood mm-hmm. and get mugged. Yep, uh, make him earn his way in. Control real estate. Control real estate. Uh, Control geography. Keep the geography you need. And Charlo was doing that for the most part. And then came the seventh round. And he got tested. Because Devinchenko was at that make or break point where he had to really up the octane. He really had to go to DEFCON 3 or 4 or 5 to turn it around. And he did. And all of a sudden, the fight looked like the momentum was going to swing in a different direction. He started swinging it. I was like, whoa, now it's a fight. Mm -hmm. Because in life, people have heard me say this before, you're not in a fight until there's resistance, something to overcome. You're not. It's just an athletic exhibition up to that point. And if you're more athletic than the next, and and I'm talking about maybe athletically, mentally too. Mental athleticism. You're in a boardroom, you're not challenged. You're in a courtroom, you're not challenged. You're a doctor, you're not challenged. But then all of a sudden, one day you get challenged. You open up a person and the things that are supposed to be there, they're not there. The, the things that the, the biology book, the medical school told you, was it's different. 
some arteries got pushed around in a car accident. Something got changed. Oh my goodness. Now you find out if you're a doctor. It's the same thing in life with everything. Now you find out if the guy's a fighter when there's something to overcome. And there was something to overcome and that after that seventh round, and I was watching like a Hawkeye <laughs> to see how Charlo would behave. And he came back in the eighth. I think it was the eighth, eighth, nine. And he behaved like a champion. He behaved the way that you want your guys to behave, whether they're your heroes, whether whatever you want to call it. But you want them to behave. Duran forced Leonard to be in a situation the first time where you saw more than the talent where you got to see Sugar Ray Leonard, how he behaved, and he behaved like a fighter. Now, Charlotte won, but I think that these, that analogy is fair, mm-hmm. and it's, it's right. And people, I got to give a little more respect for Charlo because I saw it. Some people say it could have went longer, but there were spots even later in the fight when, again, when Devonchenko made a little run and tested more than the athleticism, more than the X's and O's, more than the technique, more than the physical talent of Charlo. What's inside? So for me, that's what this fight was about, really. And listen, for full disclosure, because if you're going to be candid, you're going to be candid on both sides of the street, right? When you're calling someone else out and you're calling yourself out. I said Devonchenko would have a good shot to upset the Big favorite, Charlo. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I was right in a way that he was going to be tested. There was going to be a reason to think that could happen. That at, least that at least that justified my pick for me, is that it showed that there was a reason to think it. But Charlo pr- proved or turned out to be what he was supposed to be, to make him the favorite. Mm-hmm. He, he proved to make the odds makers right by having what had to be there when that moment came. Um, and he did. But what I was right about was his brother. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But I said also during that show that his brother against Rosario would either win a one-sided fight or a very unanimous I don't know if there's such thing as a very unanimous. Is there kind of <laughs> unanimous? One-sided, it's, unanimous? It's unanimous or it's not <clears throat> unanimous. Uh, decision, or he would stop him in the ninth. Mm-hmm. Or he stopped him in the eighth. Yep. That's close. <laughs> That's not too bad. So maybe you people out there, you know, that have to dartboard with my picture on it, <laughs> maybe you stay away from my nose, <laughs> you know, a little bit this week. You know, appreciate it. Um, because I made up for it a little bit there. But at the end of the day, no excuses. There's no excuses in life. There's no excuses in this business. Uh, Charlo was the better guy, but he had to prove he was the better guy. Yep. Not not just be the faster guy or the flashier guy, which he often is with the way that they match mm-hmm. a lot of the fighters over there, quite frankly, everywhere. I shouldn't say just there at PBC and, you know, but everywhere. Uh, that's uh, they, that's what they do. They, they look to give their guy obviously an edge until they finally get to a fight that's so big and the money demands uh, that you can't be having uh, your cake and eat it too mm-hmm. where it becomes a 50-50 fight maybe yeah. you know but other than that it's not going to be with these promoters they're yeah. going to protect 
uh, they're stable. They're going to protect their piece of property. They're going to protect their investments. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no matter what you people think, no matter what you demand, no matter what you want, unless you demand it loud enough, strong enough, then sometimes you get what you want. But um, the thing that Devinchenko did wrong, I know that in certain areas he's not as good from a physical standpoint, but but he's a tough guy. They both are, but he's a tough son of a gun. But what he did, I thought he could have done better. That the corner maybe, I don't know if they whispered this in his ear or not, but obviously he wasn't gonna, it was about geography. Mm-hmm. Again, Charlo controlled the geography he needed on the outside where he had an edge. Faster, you know, m- m- just his style set him up to be on the outside, longer, taller. Uh, and he, he, he made it the fight where it needed to be for the most part. But Devin Schenkel, the early parts of the fight, and even later, was able to get inside in spots, but he didn't stay there. Yep. You know, Customato would have went nuts. Mm-hmm. He would have freaking hit me with a with a two by four if I had a fighter doing that. He would have said, "What is wrong with you? You 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 know your guy can't win on the outside. He has to get inside. You know he has to go through danger to get inside, right? Mm-hmm. He's got to take risks because Charlo was doing a hell of a job of counter punching, Very. and he hurt him a couple times. You know, catching him coming in. But once you get in clean, stay there. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? Letting the guy go back out." Now you got to take the risk all over again to get to where you need to get to if you're going to have a chance to win a fight. Yep. And that was the one thing that was a little frustrating. You're watching is Devin Schenkel got in, but then he go back out. And for you people that are saying Charlo handled his own, handled his own a little bit on, I'll give you that, but it doesn't matter because Charlo could win, has a better chance on the outside, and he could win either place. But Devin Schenkel could only win one place. Yep. He ain't winning on the outside. He has to be inside, even if there is an inherent risk. So that was that was the thing that I thought broke down for me as far as what I'm supposed to bring to the fans. Um, hopefully I do. As far as, you know, the analysis that he should have stayed in there and worked, you know, and, and got himself comfortable, set up a tent, you know, had breakfast, <laughs> you know, have dinner. You know, stay there yep. and and work. Uh, you know, and um, not go back outside where you got to be trying to get in again two seconds later. Uh, again, at the end of the day, what this fight meant to me was Charlo proving himself. I'm not saying he proved himself like the thrill in Manila, mm. but you know, round after round. <laughs> but there were spots, yeah. And and I I was glad to see those spots that he had to show his worth in that area. Yeah. Matter of fact, I thought there was one little spot where his body language changed a little bit to the negative, Charlo. I'm sure most people, I don't know if they're going to see it or be aware of it, but just where, like, after that seventh round, almost, or not after the seventh, it was later, it was a few rounds later, but he, he did what we expect champions to do. When tested, he got it right. Yeah. You know, he he got the, you know, if the ship was uh, hit a couple waves and started going uh, a little bit north when it's supposed to go, he got it back on track. You if know. there was ever a fight that, that um, led credence to your geography analogy, I felt like it was this this it fight. Was. Because every single time Derevianchenko found himself on the outside getting set in the in at the exact wrong distance, 
Charlo just pop shot at him and like picked him apart with uh, with punches and his face looked like it. But then he'd work to get inside and you'd think he was going to stay there. And to your point, a second later, Charlo would be jabbing him from the outside again. But that's yeah, all I, I could was, think. And again, I thought it was the fight that gained him respect because this was the guy he was fighting who I thought was the best opponent he, that he's faced. And I think you agree with me. Definitely. But this is a guy who had... A lot of people thought he beat Triple J. And now, listen, yeah. I think it's a shop one Triple J, so I'm going to qualify it. But definitely, still, definitely. He, he, a lot of people thought he I think you thought he I beat wouldn't have had a problem G. with him getting the win in that fight. Yeah. It was razor thin. And, and a guy who, who fought, you know, Gave really Danny a Jacobs good fight with Danny Jacobs. So, so there was merit to this opponent. Real merit. 100%. You know. and, and again, reason to say, hey, Let's see how he behaves. Yeah, so I think I, Charlo I, deserves a lot of credit there. They actually, they both do. And um, I want to, I want to say one other thing. There was a fight before the fight, not in the stands, but there was a fight in a way that Showtime, the executives, the people there, uh, whether it's Espinosa, it's Heyman calls all the shots there. Really, um, he's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, but there was a a battle, a fight to have to be won and figured out before they got in the ring. And that was the fight with the UFC. To, to They made a decision to go on before the UFC card. First of all, they're charging $75. I don't know how that numbers are, but I got an idea. But And it was a decent card. But for $75 and then you're going up against the UFC, uh, they made a decision. You could see it. They... They blinked. They blinked a little bit. Where and they be in boxing, uh, and PBC and you know Showtime people because they went on early with their best fight. Yep, that's not the way it's usually done. <laughs> <laughs> and they did because they wanted to get in there. They wanted to get off the road before the caravan came, <laughs> before the big fellas came. And listen, you fans out there that are. Trying to attack me a little bit on uh, on Twitter, Twitter, Twitston, whatever they call that thing uh, that I do now. My man Rob takes care of it. I just give it to him. I write it. Rob's the wizard he, of Oz. He, get, he is. <laughs> he is. And he gets it out there for me. Uh, but those are you guys that are giving me a little grief. You know what? First of all, you're right. That that I've been uh, that I've been more pushing UFC, and I'm a boxing guy my whole life, 45 years, maybe a little more. And uh, yeah, you're not wrong. I got you. But let me ask you a question. And really, I think, let me ask you a fair question. I'm here to report what's going on. I'm the weatherman. I got to tell you if it's raining. Yep. Or, or if it's uh, snowing. Or if it's going to be sunny. Boxing hasn't given us a lot of sunny days, guys. Nope. I have news for you. It's been rainy. It's been a little rainy. I'm not supposed to report the rain. God. So, you know, I'm just, I know that, oh, gee, Teddy's giving love to the UFC. Teddy's betraying us. I ain't betraying no one. I never betrayed no one. I'm not about to start it now at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Okay? But if you're putting on a lot of fights over the last months on, whether it was ESPN, wherever the heck it's been, they were the first ones out with the fight, and they were all spawn sessions, and UFC's putting on, UFC's putting on fights that are fights, yep. what am I supposed to say? <laughs> not say it? And not say that I'm, I'm interested in it? 
and I appreciate the competitiveness that they're giving us, damn right I'm going to say it. And part of it is for you knuckleheads that, that you're aware, that you know to get an umbrella when you walk out so you don't get rained on. So that's all. I'm not upset. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just figured I'd straighten that out a little bit because, and I do, but uh, that's, my exp- that's what I needed to say because, again, they, they won't put, now these were good fights, but they haven't been doing that. And the UFC has, you know, and and I use a moniker. I'll finish my argument or my statement with this. I use a moniker that the Charlos. It was their night, and the Charlos had this moniker, this saying, uh, "Lions only." Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. That represents boxing. Lions only. It sounds good. It's great. Beautiful. Okay, if it's lions only, fine. I'm there. I wouldn't be saying that, but. When it's lions in there with, not lions, some, really, I don't know. But there hasn't been a lot of lions with lions that I've been saying. Nope. If you got lions in there with prairie dogs, <laughs> you know what? If I want to see that, I'm going to go to the zoo when it's feeding time for the lions. <laughs> I ain't going and, you know, putting on uh, putting it on my calendar that I got to watch, you know, whether it's this or whatever promotion it is or whatever network it is that I got to watch it at this time and be away from something else to watch it. Yep. I'm not doing that. Why? And I'm not lying to you guys. Lions. <laughs> so I needed to get that out of the way. Before we close this up, I'd also like to make a note of some of the fights that were the preliminary fights. Can again... I don't know if we're the policemen of this stuff, but we didn't ask for the job, but sometimes the job asks for you. Yeah. And I'm just, I got to point out again, it's not the worst of the worst, but there was a fight, and you got to respect every fighter. And these guys, this Piano, he's 35 years old, 21 and 4. You saw the fight probably, Piano yep. and Roman. Yep. And um, Roman's the younger guy. Piano's an old war horse. I think it's fair. Journeyman. Yeah. I think it's fair, maybe. Uh, 35 years old. Both southpaws. And Roman's the stronger, younger guy coming, coming, trying to break him down. Piano's boxing. He's doing a hell of a job. Yep. And he's winning the fight. I mean, he's winning the fight. And he's boxing. He's doing what he's got to do. He's not getting involved in too many exchanges. He's beating him to the punch. He's pot-shotting Romano. Or Roman, I'm sorry. He's pot-shotting Roman as he comes in, you know, controlling the geography. Mm-hmm. And pot-shotting him coming in, uh, moving to the sides, keeping him off balance. And, you know, and you wonder how long can he keep it up. Mm-hmm. And then Ro- he was winning the fight. And yeah. then as we went down the stretch, as expected, Roman, the younger guy with all that pressure, pressure breaks pipes, pressure breaks humans, you know, he started getting into him a little more. So there's no doubt that Roman came on in the last few rounds. As a matter of fact, the referee missed the spot. Roman scored a knockdown in the last round just before the bell, and the ref missed it. Yeah, oh, that was a bad miss. Yeah, and it could have been really important, <clears throat> but it wasn't important. You know why? That's why I'm talking about this. Because there's a reason why Piano was like uh, plus $2,400 or $200 million. <laughs> or it might as well be. But he was a big dog. There's a reason why it. Because the judges made their cards out before the fight started. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I'm tired of it. 
But and this is one where this this kid's been fighting all these years. Nobody would care because it wasn't a big, you know, marquee fight. Oh no, no. Why shouldn't we care about this kid? He deserved to at least be. I'm not saying he won. He could have won. But I'm saying that he deserved to be in a to hear those scores really close. They should have been close, and they won't. And it was just proof that the odds makers knew what they knew to make him the big favorite because the judges were never going to give him a chance because the other guy was the house fighter. Mm-hmm. The judges were never he know and he didn't have a chance because even though it was a close fight and it came down the stretch, they didn't have a judge like that at all. And I'm just sick and tired of seeing that, and I'm sick and tired of me only talking about the ones that are the big names. I want to talk about the little guys, too. Yeah. They put their blood and sweat and tears into this sport. They need to be looked out for. Somebody's got to say it. I'm not going to change a damn thing, but I'm going to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, you know, it just, I just had to say that, again, the scores prove why Bayano was such a huge dog. The judges had to score cards. They had to be made up for the fight. <laughs> and uh, anytime you see a judge with an eraser on his pencil, look <laughs> Ken, 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 look out. <laughs> and, uh, but at the, at the end of the day, I also, the commentators missed. I, I like fighters to get credit for what they do in the ring other than being tough mm-hmm. and doing what most people would not be inclined to do, going in that ring and facing yourself quite frankly but this the roman made a beautiful move and nobody mentioned it and that's the sweet science he was in the southpaw position it was once i don't remember what round it was ken but he was in the southpaw and suddenly he switched right in the middle of an exchange which can be dangerous he switched to orthodox perfectly just to catch him a left hook oh it was beautiful Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It was like going to the Mod Museum of Art yeah. and seeing a Picasso the first time. Wow, beautiful! <laughs> and and he just switched, and like he was in this position, you know, he's over here, and then he it made sense. He switched up, bang, and the hook was there because he switched, mm. and he caught him a beautiful punch. Not a mention, yeah, <laughs> not a mention, not a mention. Yeah, you know, can I get a whopper with cheese? Yeah, not, not a mention. You know what I mean? Leave the onions out. <laughs> uh, not a mention, you know. Abnamaris didn't have his best night. We'll give him a. I'm sure he'll get no, a no, second chance. No, no, and I'm chance. not saying it was just Morris. Yeah, I mean it's a collective team. Yep, it's a team there. I mean, I like Morris. I respect anyone who's been in there. Yep, that's been in there and done it. Morris has been in there and done it, and you know. And was in a great fight. I mean, he's won world titles, and he was in a great fight with, with Cruz, with uh, Santa Cruz. Unbelievable! Mm. I, matter of fact, they caught that fight for ESPN outdoors. I think it was in in California. Um, so, no, I, I'm not saying him. I'm just saying collectively. Like, you know, uh, well, I don't know if they allow Morris to talk more than four minutes a show. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, the poor kid. I don't know if he if, if he's if he gets permission to to talk because I like to hear what he's saying because yeah. he's done it. Yeah, he he's done it. Yep. He's actually been there. You know, if I'm going to have somebody paint my house, I'd like to know that he painted houses, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
Or if he's going to tell you how to paint it, he should have yeah. painted one himself. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like to, jeez, I like to see his dungarees with a few spots of paint on it. <laughs> Damn. Well, to your point about the fights, Showtime rushed to get that good fight that Derenchenko and uh, Derevianchenko and Charlo on uh, before the UFC main card started. But I did not understand shoehorning in that mo- morning combat show. And I like those guys, Luke Thomas and the other guy. But that show and the talk show in the middle of the boxing card so that they could wait until... Didn't have a real main- feel to it, did it, no, no it, I'm not knocking no, those guys. I mean, no, but I mean, but it, it, it had a feel to it. It had a feel of like, we can't have our main event start until the UFC is over. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Because when the UFC it, ended, it I feel, switched over to watch Charlo like and you, um, Did it have a feel Rosario. a little bit like you were being conned? <laughs> the two Charlo fights were awesome. I have no problem. But no, but the I mean, like, like of, instead of telling you, hey, hey guys, we, this is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like if you go on a long trip with your family, you know, you say, hey, someone's got to go to the bathroom. We got to pull over yep. into the service. There's a reason. Yeah. Right? And you explain it. Yep. Does anyone have to go to the bathroom? Okay, we're going to pull over. Got to get something to drink? Uh, hungry? Yeah. All right. Well, don't have us in the middle of a show, in the middle of momentum, you know, Good fight. Yeah. Good fight. Very good. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting in a service station. And, you know, because then everyone's going to take out their phones and start playing that silly game that sometimes frustrates me when I want my wife to watch a movie with me and she's playing that thing with the things that are bouncing up and down. <laughs> Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> she's good at it. Yeah. But I'm just saying. No, like, and, and, could somebody <laughs> be honest with us and say, hey, guys, it's a... We we got to make believe rain delay something yeah and and the guys doing the show I like them but my God putting a talk show in the middle of that card didn't make any sense at all but nevertheless like I said I was tuned over quickly after the UFC and I checked out uh, saw Jamel Charlo and Jason Rosario that was also a very good fight super entertaining curious to hear your thoughts on there but Charlo finishes him with a jab to the belly uh, looked like it knocked the wind out of him but I'm curious to hear what you thought of that knockdown because it almost looked like Rosario was convulsing to the point where I thought something must maybe maybe had an injury that wasn't being reported because I've never seen anyone behave like that from a punch in the stomach. But Yeah, I mean, listen, first of all, I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't what they first reported was. It wasn't a solarplex punch, you mm-hmm. know, because it wasn't no, it hit him in the belt. Number one, it, it deflected off his elbow, yep. and then it hit him in the lower body, mm-hmm. in the lower abdomen. abdomen. Um I tell you, it was a dramatic reaction. Um, you don't need Teddy Atlas to tell you that, but it was surprising. It was it was a it was a strange punch. Yeah. Uh, again, being honest, I'm not making stuff up for the sake of making it up. I'm to to sound this way or the way that would would be more comfortable for people to say, okay, it was definitive, because when it can't be, I'm not going to be. That's the that's called the truth, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was a strange punch. It was a strange situation where it deflects off his elbow, hits him in the lower body, and then he gets this kind of reaction from it. Hey, it's, it's, it's possible, and, and was there. We watched it, you know. Um, do people sometimes, uh, when they've given up, again, probably no one else will go down this path, but what the hell. Uh, when people give up, uh, get broken down, when, when you're... When your wind has been taken out of your mind more than just your body, and then the body follows. Uh, when your spirit has been damaged, uh, 
to you because two rounds early he got dropped when he was yeah. doing good. Uh, and I thought it changed the whole face of the fight, mm -hmm. the, the momentum of the fight, um, direction of the fight. But do people sometimes exaggerate an injury when they've given up and maybe even subconsciously, not even consciously, because they just, you know, a combination of two. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be there no more. Yeah. And and does that happen sometimes when they add to it because they get hurt, but they, they definitely in that situation, they've given up hope. The one thing that when you lose hope, it's over. Yep. I mean, in life, it's over. And does that happen even to our great warriors? It, it can happen to, to some of them. Uh, you know, to not maybe not to the great ones, but but anyone who gets in that ring to a certain extent is is somebody that I give special admiration towards because that's a damn hard thing to do to get in that chamber of truth in that squared circle and face another man. And uh to sometimes you get discouraged and beaten mentally where it reflects physically too. Man happens. Am I saying that's what he did? No. I'm not saying that, but I think it's my job to put out everything that I've witnessed in my life mm -hmm. that I know exists in this domain. And some people might not know it exists in this domain, you know, uh, to, to the people out there watching. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you didn't even realize it, but, you know, you got so beaten down mentally, not even physically, maybe emotionally, that you started giving up maybe on a relationship, maybe maybe in a business situation. You started, like, giving in a little bit, you know, uh, trying to avoid things, trying to avoid what you're not supposed to avoid, the battle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a physical battle. You know, has anybody ever been in the, in the boardrooms there where they went down the hallway and all of a sudden... One of the executives came walking down and they knew that they had to have a confrontation. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they found themselves. You know, sometimes you drive in a car. I, I know I've done this. And the car just takes me somewhere. And I say, how did I get here? <laughs> so constantly, it took me somewhere. That ever happened to you? <laughs> Not in the where, car. Where you drive in a car and you wind up somewhere. It was on your mind. It was whatever. And, and you didn't. You meant to go somewhere else, and all of a sudden you just may, you know. And next thing you know, you said, well, "Why am I going over here? I'm supposed to be going to, <laughs> to this place." You know yeah. that, uh, you, you know what I mean? That ever happened where it just takes you somewhere? No, but a lot of times I've had things scheduled where I knew I didn't want to do it, and subconsciously I think my mind was just like, "I'm going to ignore this." And the next thing I know, I look down, I'm like, "Oh my god, I missed that yeah. meeting." Why'd you do it? And I knew I Why'd didn't want to do it. <laughs> so when I'm, I've been in a call where. You know, my mind is, and all of a sudden, I'm, and you know, I, I might catch myself as I'm pulling up to the place. I wasn't supposed to go here, <laughs> but you know, it's not like yeah. you were sleepwalking. But uh, subconsciously, you you went where your mind took you yep. because subconsciously, it was it was kind of engineered in there. Well, you have guys in a boardroom, and all of a sudden, that executive comes walking down, and all of a sudden, he finds himself in front of a water fountain. He didn't. He didn't come walking down that hall to go get water and he's in front of the water fountain and 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 just just happens to be that he stays there just long enough for the guy to pass mm -hmm. with his head down come on come on <laughs> come on right yep it happens it's Definitely. life yeah it's, it, it, these things happen and um 
I'm just saying that I'm going to go through the whole fight. The fight, I'll say this. Obviously, he got hurt. Rosario came ready to win that fight. He came prepared with the fight. Fight plan, he was tucked up. He was more tucked up than when he won the title. Yep. He he was more defensively savvy, responsible. He was tucked up. He was using his jab beautifully. He was walking in behind the jab, neutralizing Charlo, keeping Charlo from counterpunching, uh, really keeping Charlo defensive as he came in. Like I used to say on ESPN corner fights, he was putting bugs on the windshield, making it hard for the guy to see him coming. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're supposed to do. He's coming in behind the jab where it's keeping another guy defensive, allowing him to get in. Again, neutralizing another guy, controlling the other guy. Uh, he did a magnificent, I thought, but what happened? The first round he gets caught. Charlo comes out winging, catches him on top of the head, and he drops him. So that's something difficult to overcome. Bang, you got a 10-8 round coming out of the shoot, mm-hmm. right? Your first title defense, and it's the big one for the belts. So... That's that's something to overcome. So it takes him two rounds to overcome it. Then the third, fourth, fifth round, I had him winning all three rounds. Yep. I had him in the verge of winning four straight rounds in the sixth. Mm-hmm. And and I said, gee, this guy's he he's testing Charlo, the brother, and he he's in control of this fight. I don't care what anyone's. I know what I'm saying. He's in control of this fight. I don't I don't know what the judges had. Um, although I think the one judge that I have, uh, there's not a lot of judges that I trust, but a few of them I do. Uh, Steve Weisfeld uh, from Jersey, he, he's a pretty, he's pretty consistent. Pretty, I think he's honest, and he he had it close. And I bet you a lot of people, oh, yeah, but I thought it deserved to be because I thought that after that bad start, that Rosario got back in the fight and got in maybe even in front of the fight. You know, you got to overcome that 10-8. I get it. But he was on the verge of winning four straight and doing it simple, tucked up, coming in behind the jab. And then when he got close, he's banging the body. He got warned for going low and all that. But he was he was getting what he wanted. Yeah. He was controlling the outside on his way in, keeping the guy defensive from pot-shotting him, you know, neutralizing the guy, so to speak, and then banging the body when he got close. He was fighting a beautiful fight. I, sometimes people have to get over. You got to get over the bad start. That that's part of winning a title. Sometimes that's part of life. If 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 we didn't overcome bad starts, how many of us would be successful? <laughs> Not too many. So that's part of it. And he overcame that, and he was on his way going into the sixth round on my card, winning four straight rounds, and then at the end of the round, he gets caught. A really nice counter left hook from Charlo. Give him credit. Um, he stepped back. He caught him coming in on the temple. He never got hit on the chin. He got dropped on top of the head and on the temple. Yep. He gets dropped and it changes everything. And then, the, and then, figuratively, the wind came out of his sails. Yeah, he, he was could, in a bad spot after that second see, knockdown. Yeah, it, it, the wind came out, and you could just see his body language change. Everything changed. Like, yep. like he knew he was doing good and he was feeling good, and then all of a sudden it's like. This was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. He, he, he never really got himself back. And then the eighth round, this happens. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the rest of it goes down the toilet. You know, people forget about all that stuff. But I ain't letting you forget. You know, he, he came ready to win that fight. Give Charlotte credit. He didn't win the fight. But he came ready. He came prepared. He, he wasn't just, you know, chucking things in the wind. 
You know, he wasn't just going to the crap table and throwing some coins up there. He he had a plan. He had a plan. I know you're good at the crap table. You got a plan. <laughs> you, you, you know how to play those numbers. But as he long was playing, as the plan he, he is losing money, I always follow the plan. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what I saw in that in that fight. And um, of course, it was a Charlo night, right? Yep. Charlo night. Yeah, I thought both Charlos looked good. Good night for both of them. I think they both were tested at times. Both came out with the victories. Um, can I say one other thing? You yeah. guys want to take little shots, like I said at the beginning, of, that I'm not paying enough attention sometimes to box. Again, I'm always paying attention. But I'm always going to tell you, if they're good, I'm going to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say they're not good. Yeah. And And maybe pay less because it's about earning the right. To have somebody watching you. Yep. And if you just need any more proof that UFC has, and, and boxing is my sport, my life. But the truth is the truth that it's replaced boxing as the number one combat sport right now. If you need any other proof other than the numbers, that's enough. The numbers they're doing, it's no comparison. But other than that, my tweets, <laughs> I get 500 times more responses. When I tweet on UFC, and Rob could attest to that, right? We got a Bible here. I get 500 more responses to a tweet than I do in boxing. So you guys want to make me feel a little different? Tweet. Respond to the tweets then. Then I know you're alive. <laughs> you're not off sleeping somewhere because the fights weren't good. <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking of boxing and the UFC, before we get into the UFC uh, pay-per-view, I want to get your thoughts on a potential fight that was announced by uh, Conor McGregor against Manny Pacquiao. Um, I can't imagine that this one goes very long. I think that is just my opinion on the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. I thought Mayweather almost carried him for nine rounds until he decided to pick it up and then just got him out of there. But I can't imagine Pacquiao coming out um, as defensive or as uh, <clears throat> focused on counterpunching as Floyd. But I don't know. This this fight, it's almost like a sideshow to me at this point. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that one, Pacquiao and McGregor. Yeah, no, listen. I didn't even know you were going to bring it up, but it, it's in our domain. It's in our It's in our region. And it's out there. We sh- we we want to try to cover everything for for you guys, for you guys. Um, so, first of all, I disagree with you on a, on one thing. Floyd didn't carry McGregor. M- McGregor earned the right to get credit for his performance, but there's a couple reasons, a couple things at play here that that made it happen. One, Floyd was 40 years old. That's number one. He'd been inactive for two years, right? Two and a half years going into that fight. And, you know, so that's, that's number one. Um, that, that has, that alone is going to compromise a fighter. That's going to that's gonna have his effect, mm-hmm. okay? So, so again, inactive, 40 years old, and Floyd's a counterpuncher. That's how he made his living. That's how he got to 50 and all. That's how he became Floyd Money Mayweather. Um, he's a counterpuncher. He don't go after you mm-hmm. for the most part. That's not his forte. That's not his thing. You know, 
That's like we talk about house painters before. That's like asking your house painter to do your cab to put up cabinets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He paints. Yeah. And if he's honest, he's gonna tell you, I, I don't put cabinets up. You know, Ken. Yeah. I, I I paint because if I put them up, they might be crooked. So Floyd was forced because Connor wasn't gonna engage with him, and Connor was gonna use his length, which he did in his southpaw stance. And box on the outside. And he did a good, it was give him all the credit in the world to Connor. Uh, smart. He's a smart promoter. He's smart there. He's, you can't be one and then not the other. You're, you're smarter, you're not smart. He's smart. He knows how to make money. He knows what to do. He's a hell of a promoter. Like Floyd and like Muhammad Ali. Or the, I mean, this, this guy, he, he's extraordinary. And that's why he made so much money. He, he was able to sell this, put himself in that spot, and get people to come and believe. So he gave himself his best chance, McGregor, by understanding geography again, that he needed to be on the outside. He was longer. He was a southpaw. He was going to box on the outside, try to get rounds, try to survive, try to see what happened, if he could get into the fight longer. And that's what he did, and he was allowed to do it because of the age, because of the amount of time that Floyd been off, and, or at least it helped him. He deserves credit for doing it, but it helped him because Floyd ain't gonna go get you. Floyd is, is not designed that way. So it took a while for Floyd to really realize, I better go get this guy, because I actually, I, I was at that fight um, doing it for Sports Center, mm -hmm. and I, I have no problem saying I, I had McGregor, a lot of boxing guys that love me even more for this. <laughs> I, I had McGregor winning. He was winning the fight early. You had it any other way, I don't think you're being honest. Yeah. He was winning. But you knew he was winning the battle, he was going to lose the war. It was yeah. that kind of situation. Yeah. He wasn't going to win at the end of the night because you could see he was getting to him. But he started putting the pressure on because he knew he needed to. So he covered up. What did you see Floyd do this? This is Floyd. Yeah. Or, or with Pacquiao because he, he evolved to a later stage in his career where he wasn't doing that as much. His legs were Well, he's moving. He's using his legs against Canelo. But when he fought Pacquiao, he was, pop, he was just pot-shotting him with right hands. And for some reason, Pacquiao, his trainer, never made an adjustment to getting hit with right hands mm -hmm. all night long. Lead right hands. Yeah. And they got beat basically with that punch. Yep. But... Um, and listen, people say Pacquiao was compromised with his shoulder. I don't know. Looked like he threw the punches pretty good to me. Yeah. I don't know. But um, whatever. And Pacquiao's a great fighter. But Floyd, all you need to know is he he, he went into the peekaboo. Matter of fact, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. Uh, forgive me uh, <laughs> that I'm going to do this. But if you want to learn about the peekaboo, you go to Dynamic DynamicStriking.com. Yeah, and... Uh, we're doing videos. Yeah. I did the basics, and uh, excuse me for being this, for allowing myself to lower myself to this uh, <laughs> commercialization of myself. <laughs> but um, they don't pay me here, okay? <laughs> so, so I gotta, I gotta do something. He gets I paid get, in athletic green supplements. I, I get paid. I just <laughs> stuff. This is great. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Especially with, uh, with kept this us, heat. Kept Especially us. with this heat here. <laughs> we got to be hydrated and got to be able to survive the environment. Thank God. But um, other than that, I got to pick up a couple of shillings, <laughs> you know, here and there. And listen, all kidding aside, it's a great company. Their masters are what they do, making 
uh, combat videos. They're the best in the world, and they've been good enough to come to me and uh, dynamic striking. I've done the fundamentals of boxing. That's up there. The peekaboo, it's up there, and um, and then the last one that we just did. It's gonna be up in about a week or so. The 14 great signature punches of the great fighters in the history of this sport. Signature punches. And by the way, we talked about the the soloplex punch that wasn't. Yeah. I showed the soloplex punch that was. <laughs> Bob Fritz Simmons. Yeah. The real, the real soloplex punch. But I digress purposely. And getting back, getting back to this, Floyd tucked up peekaboo, and he just walked in. And that's not his way, but he knew he had to. And he broke down Connor. What did it take him? Eight rounds? I think yeah. it was about eight rounds. And he finally broke him down with the pressure. And the reason it took so long was because he was doing something he don't normally do. He realized it took him about four rounds to realize, oh, shoot, I might actually be losing this fight. I better freaking get on the ball here and just fight the guy. Just go get the guy. Put him in an uncomfortable place where he's not used to going these rounds, you know, where you, where you only can do this, fight box and and i'm i'm gonna take advantage of my experience and and being a great fighter a great champion i'm gonna walk him down and get it done do what i gotta do and that's what the great ones do and he did it you know and i think that i think this fight with pacquiao a, a couple of the a couple of the same things are there so people forget pacquiao's 43 but he can make it forget by how marvelous he's been performing. Isn't it extraordinary? Hmm. He beats Keith Thurman, a young guy. It's unbelievable. A real good fighter. Really now, good. Keith Thurman had been off. There was a little stuff going on there a lot of people don't point out. But Keith Thurman had been off for about two years, two and a half years with surgery and different stuff. And then he had one fight back, and he didn't look good. No. He got hurt. He didn't look good. Against a tough guy, but a guy that shouldn't have given that tough a fight probably. Yeah. And a guy who had moved up from junior welter to where he wasn't really a full-pledged uh, welterweight, but he he really he beat Keith Thurman. Yeah. So he's like forty three years old now, Manny, and you know, so he, he he's definitely not in the prime. Even though he's been again, I have to say it, he's been sh fooling everyone, shocking everyone, doing extraordinary. Uh, it was the tenth round. Thank you. See, that's why uh, Rob's the best. You know, I feel so like I'm in such a professional environment here. <laughs> no, really. It's like being back at ESPN, you know, but better, but better, but better. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like you, you get it right there. Yeah, it took him 10 rounds to break him down, see? Yep. Yeah. He, he finally got to him. And um, that, But in this fight with this proposed fight, it's not made yet, I don't think. No, but with, I think they with, have the same manager. Yeah, they do. Pacquiao and uh, McGregor, they do. So probably a good chance to be made because, you know, people love these things. They love these these crossover fights with celebrity-type fighters and names where they get excited about it, you know, and they think that it's, especially the two different sports fans, oh, yeah, we're going to, yeah, you know, the mixed martial arts guy going to beat the boxing guy. But what they forget is the boxing guy is always going to win because it's, because it's not with mixed martial arts rules. Exactly. It's like going in there with a, with a lion, but the lion don't have any teeth or any claws. It's not a lion anymore. <laughs> it's just a big cuddly thing that my grandson would hug. Maybe. I wouldn't let him. But, I mean, you know, it's not dangerous. It's not really a lion anymore. And 
So these these MMA guys like McGregor, he, he's going in there without his teeth and his claws. So if that's what you're looking to do, argue who's better, it's not a fair argument or a fair judgment or contest. So, but people will come out and they will buy it. They will go crazy and they will buy it. And for me, you know, the one thing, it, taking away the age, if, if one thing that's different than with Mayweather is Pacquiao will get after him right from the beginning because that yes, is his style. I agree. His style is not to lay back. Although he's not as aggressive the last few years as he used to be. Mm-hmm. He's made a concession on that. He, 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 it's only in spots. He's not quite as good. But still, he's an aggressive fighter. That, that's how he made his bones. Just like I said that Mayweather made his by counterpunching. So that's the one big difference there is that McGregor uh, will see pressure. That Pacquiao will be after him. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that won't be too good for, for McGregor. Or maybe Pacquiao 43 won't be able to sustain what he wants to sustain even with a guy who's not a professional boxer. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, they have the marquee names and... You know, it's an event. It's not really so much a athletic venture as it is more a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and and they know how to do these now. They've made money with them, and I'm sure they a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, they they make money. They make money with it. Well, let's talk UFC. Yep. Uh, Co-main Jan Blachowicz beats Dominic Reyes uh, convincingly. Uh, he gave him a kick in the ribs. Looked like uh, Reyes had been shot with a sniper rifle there. It looked like it blood, broke a bunch of blood vessels. And then he just pounded him out. I mean, Reyes, I think I sent you guys a text saying Reyes looks like he's just got in a car accident. He was a mess after the fight. I was surprised at how one-sided it was. But what did you notice in that one? I noticed right away that Reyes was a lot smaller. <laughs> That's for sure. That's the first thing I noticed. And... Here's the interesting thing, and we'll get to the main event in a second, but the difference, the opposite of the main event, where the bigger guy, Costa, right, in the main event, right? Uh, uh, in, the, um, in the main event, Paulo Costa, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The bigger guy didn't really come with a plan. No plan. Other than be big. Yep. In this one, the bigger guy, Black... Blakovich. Blakovich. Thank Polish. you. Yeah, my man. Blakovich came with a plan, not just to be big, mm-hmm. but to be smart. That's what I love about these UFC guys. It always comes down to the science. I don't care how tough you are, how strong you are. You still have to be smart. You know what I call them? Smart mo- monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to be smart. You know, if you're just a monster, you know, then, you know, you get a smart monster, he's going to beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're going to faint this way and come this way, <laughs> you know, and use the strength. And that little bit of smart will give them an advantage. So they still go, the sweet science still shows, rears its head in these contests. And that's the first thing that struck me. Ray is a small. Oh, my God. He looks so much smaller. Well, I know what he's got to do. He's got to move, and he showed it. He's got to move. He's got to keep Blakovich. Uh, Blakovich. Blakovich. Let me write that down. 
COVID. I'm always surprised when when two guys make weight the day before the fight and then get in the ring and one guy looks so much bigger. How much bigger that guy can get yeah. when they both weighed the same weight 24 hours? Because before. they're a bigger guy, a bigger frame, and they blow up, they hydrate, they they. It's like a sponge. It's like mm-hmm. they dry out a sponge, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen a sponge of when course. it's dried out, and then all of a sudden you put it in water, bop. Yeah. Well, it's the the human body does the same thing, and it doesn't mean you always have an advantage. Right. Can make you sluggish. They can be, you know. There's a science to doing that yeah. the right way, and also, I'm sick and tired of the people always saying, "Oh, the big guy, Jesus, scary." And I get it. Oh, he's gonna crush him. He's gonna do this. You know, uh, he's got the advantage. Who says he's got the advantage? The other guy's faster. Yeah. The other guy might be smarter, better technically. So who says? So until it shows itself. Yeah. And it was an interesting fight even though it was one-sided because of what i'm talking about that he got the smaller guy reyes and reyes who knows he's got to move he can't stand in front of the bigger guy so he's trying to keep more balance trying to find spots to attack safely like i say he's, he's kind of like that superintendent remember the superintendents in Bowden years ago they had that giant key ring <laughs> it was this big yeah yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and yeah. it had like a 10,000 keys on it. Yeah. And there was a key to every door in the building. (laughs) None of them marked. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like he was like that superintendent looking for the right key to get in. Yeah. Couldn't find it. Nope. Too big a key ring. Yeah. Never found it. So here he is. He knows what he has to do. I'm a smaller guy, you know, and um, I'm a a flea in a party of hornets here, you know, Mm. and I got to look around i gotta find my spot to get in and as he's doing it the big guy isn't just behaving only like a big guy he says oh i know what he has to do he's got to keep me up bounds and then he's gonna snipe me well you know what i'm gonna take his legs away you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take his legs away so he starts cracking his legs in boxing you know and it's interesting it happened in the main event too in boxing you have a faster guy what do we do we go to the body we mm-hmm. take as i always say we put water in the basement take air out of the tires mm-hmm. so the guy can't move yep. and then the next thing you know the guy's cooperating with you he's sitting in front of you when he shouldn't sit in front of you so that's exactly what happened blakovich to his credit he takes he takes the wheels away. He lets the air out of the radios by cracking his legs with his feet. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's got Reyes doing what he wants right in front of him. Reyes didn't want to be in front of him, but he might not have had a choice. Mm-hmm. And you know, physically. And there he is. He's in front of him. And here's another science thing for you that I give full credit to Blakovich for. How's he end the fight? Again, not just being a bigger guy. I know people are gonna say, Teddy, you see that left hook he landed that. Yeah, but did you see how he landed it? He timed it. He had Reyes. He invited Reyes in, knowing he'd stay in front of him to throw an exchange. And then in the middle of the exchange, Reyes drew too many. So you got to have a sense of how many you can throw. Can I throw two? Get out of there. Throw five. I have time for. If you throw five with the wrong, bang, you get caught in the middle of the fourth. Mm-hmm. That's the science. So he let Reyes. Reyes throwing a combination. Look good for a minute. And then right there, bang. He times him with a left hook in the middle of the combination. Mm. Beautiful. And that's what I respect. That's what I appreciate. That's what I admire. That's what I'm bringing to you to make sure everyone sees. It wasn't just a big left hook that from the bigger guy. It was a timed left hook from the bigger guy. Mm-hmm. And that ended the fight. I thought it was magnificent. I thought yeah. it was a job well done. I know it was one-sided, but it was one-sided for those reasons. Not only because he was bigger, 
he he found a way to use his size to an advantage to get the smaller guy to cooperate with him, and he and he took advantage of it. That's one of the things that I appreciate most about doing this show is the things that I I you know you watch the fight and there's a lot of fights going on and you miss I miss little things like that that you pick up on as to how you're right he did he invited him in and it's, everything you said I just I just saw an exchange where the guy caught him. And one person who um, gave you a shout out after the fight, before we get into his fight uh, in the main event, is Israel Adesanya said that he watched our breakdown of his fight with Kelvin Gastelum, and he said, "I was surprised. He knew you how how well versed you were in boxing, but he was surprised that you picked up on all the little traps he was setting. That everything he was doing, you were pointing out, and and only someone with your experience would notice those things." And there's other guys out there, but but he he had a lot of respect for the fact that you pointed out everything that he was doing, which is why I think he sent you a nice message on um in Instagram. Yeah, but um yeah, I like him. I, I like the kid. I think he's special for yep. more than just his talent. But I'll let you lead the way. Yep. So in the main event, we got Israel Adesanya against Paulo Costa. Tons of bad blood. These guys wanted to kill each other, and wow, what a one-sided beatdown. I mean, just an absolute destruction. Yeah. To your point earlier about the bigger guy with well, no plan. Remember when Sugar Ray Robinson, maybe the greatest fighter of all time in boxing, once said, "I got to dress him up before I take him out." That's all. <laughs> all right. Continue. Paulo Costa, to your earlier point, seemed to have no plan. He just stood in front of him, acted foolish, getting kicked, mocking the kicks until he couldn't mock them anymore. And when he finally started, well, to acted try foolish. He was hoping that that was part, that was going to be part of his fight, his strategy, his strength. That 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 was going to help. It wasn't yeah. helping with a real pro. No. It was a one-sided, absolute You know what? Down. It was Foreman and Ali. I love Foreman. He's mm -hmm. one of my favorite people on this planet. Special human being. And he made a transformation into another person after 10 years of basically living with the ghost of Zaire mm -hmm. and uh, what came after that. And, and then came back and transformed himself into a stronger guy. Not physically, but mentally. Yeah. Uh, he's a special guy, George Foreman. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and this was Foreman, Ali, and Zaire. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Because Ali recognized Foreman as, at that time in his life, he won't deny it, being a bully. And, you know, what happens when you stand up to a bully? When you stand up to him, not just physically, but mentally. They they start to lose their power. They start to, they don't have anything else. Like, oh my God. And that was that was what that fight was. Go ahead, I, I, you lead me the rest. But yeah, no, no. Uh, to your point, that was all the setup it needed. I mean, to your point, he humiliated him. He picked him apart. I don't think that Costa won a, a second of the of the fight. It was just a one sided beating, masterclass. Yeah, it was, and he didn't just beat him as I just alluded to. Ken, he didn't just beat him physically. Some people say Teddy did a pretty good job of damaging the dude. Uh, listen, he. The beating, the victory started before that. It started with the mental side. It even started with the press cover with the final showdown at the weigh-in. Mm -hmm. It was showing that he wasn't going to be intimidated, getting into his head. He got into his head. He made, he made his opponent, Costa, behave the way he wanted him to fight the way he wanted to in a in a just almost a mindless reckless way where he could take advantage of that he could take advantage of the bigger guy 
just being bigger. Just the bigger guy thought that it was enough just to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Not like Blakovich. Blakovich. He understood he had to be something else other than just a big guy. Yeah. And the big guy here, Costa, thought that it was enough just to be strong and big and intimidating. And we used to have a saying, me and Costamato, that when you, when part of your package, part of your plan in a fight is to intimidate the guy, when it doesn't work, the intimidator becomes the intimidated. And that was part of it. He couldn't intimidate this guy, and this guy mentally, Adesanya, am I saying his name right? Yep. I, I, I want to respect all these guys to say their names right, even though that's not my strong point. Um, Adesanya got into his head and knew that he could kind of make him a puppet, be a puppeteer, puppeteer, where he could pull the strings on him. He could get him to act the way he wanted him to. Again, reckless, mindless, maybe mad, you know, and then just be a a dead man, a dead man walking, mm-hmm. where there's nothing, there's there's no confidence, there's no belief, there's no thinking, there's there's just a vessel, but the vessel has no leadership. There's nobody steering the vessel. It's just a ship at sea, that's a ghost ship. He made him a ghost ship. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that. He didn't have his. He didn't have his will left. The will was gone. He took his will away. He took his. He made the guy think that the guy no longer had a say in the fight. Mm-hmm. That he couldn't control things. That Adesanya was in control. He made him. That's brilliant. Took away the that's runner. That's brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. That Adesanya is special. Mm-hmm. But that's why. Yeah, he's athletic. There's a lot of athletic guys out there. But he's very athletic and very works out hard and everything else and very determined and driven. But he's very smart. And he's got a spirituality. I know people are going to say, what that is, fighting? They're clacking each other with beef. No, no, no. There's a lot more to it. I hope you're starting to learn that. <laughs> know that. And he does. He, he's, he's got a belief that there's an energy, there's a f- other force out there that if you're in control of it, it can be an ally to you. It's, it's part of your strength. It's part of what you bring in that ring. Call it belief, call it supreme confidence. All those words that make us feel more comfortable than spirituality or whatever. But it's a knowledge that he's in complete control of his environment, of himself. He's responsible for himself. And that another man don't control him. No matter how tough it gets, it's still your choice how you're going to deal with that tough spot, what you're going to behave like, and that you have a supreme confidence that the knowledge of that, knowing that you're in control of it, that that it that it is in your wheelhouse to make those choices, to know that you have it. It's kind of like a sprinter knowing that he's that he's got four three speed and a forty. Oh, he knows that's there. Well, this guy knows that he's got this ability. You, you get me, Ken? Mm-hmm. He knows that he's got the ability to overcome. He knows that the when the cloud comes, and it comes to all of us, 
when that wave comes that can consume us, smother us, choke us, he knows he can, it ain't coming. He's, he, he knows he has the ability to put it on another guy, but it ain't getting on him. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he won't let it. Because he knows those things are as controllable as his legs, as controllable as his fist. Now we're getting deep. I get it, but it's it's it, to me it's 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 not deep. It's 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 what the special ones are all about. It's what Muhammad Ali was about. People thought that they were going to a funeral site here with him. They did. They told yeah. my guy he's gonna die. <laughs> but uh, the strength of Ali was in his right hand, even though he knocked out Foreman with that. It was his inner belief, the inner sanctuary of himself that that internal belief. This guy. Adesanya, he's got it. He's got that. Mm-hmm. He's got that. And he knows it's always your choice until you make it the other guy's choice. He knows that. Under pressure, sometimes you just give it up. You think that, oh, he he took it from me. He just took it from me. There's no such thing as those kung fu movies where they, and I please, Rob, get this up for me, even though it's going to be graphic. <laughs> no, no, he's going to get it up. Oh, it's cool. going to be a little graphic, but... You know, yeah, and, and you go right through the guy's chest, and you take the heart out. <laughs> that no, that doesn't exist. Yeah. But it happens spiritually. It does. It happens. Yep. People do that. They take it out, but it can't happen if you don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. He and he, this guy knows that. Ali knew that. Ali, he, Ali reached right into Foreman's chest and pulled it right out in Zaire. He just didn't put it up there, you know? But <laughs> yeah. but that's what he did. Yeah. He made Foreman feel like Foreman had no say that night. That's a lie. But the great ones know the difference between the truth and the lie. And this is from, I don't know what his background is, but I know that it's something that has gotten him to this place. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with the physical stuff. And um, I told my son, my son asked me during the day, uh, you know, I mean, I'll bring my son in for testimony if people want to. <laughs> my son brought up the right way. He's a good kid. He's, he tells the truth. Um, he uh, he said, who's going to win that? This was the day of the fight. And, you know, he knew that I had sent a message to him and that he had, you know, uh, reached out with a message, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he had... Um, he had said something, you know, yep. on the social media. So so my son, Teddy, who works for the Raiders, that's why I'm out here visiting him and his family with my family. And so my son says, you know, everybody's liking this guy Costa, that I'm hearing more and more people at work, they're all UFC fans, boxing fans, all, all the football guys, said a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're picking Costa now. They're saying he's so big, he's so giant. My guy, he's probably on PEDs, you know. They're, <laughs> right, they're yeah. saying, and, and, you know, they're, they're like him. What do you think, Dad? That's exactly how I said it. I said, Adesanya is going to destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> well, even my son, my son, you know, he, he listens to what I say. He said, destroy him? I said, it's going to destroy him. He said, why, Dad? Said because of what's inside this guy, yeah. Uh, what's inside this guy? He's he's going to destroy this guy. He's going to expose this guy. He's going to take advantage of how slow, how predictable he is from a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. But he's also going to take advantage of that bully mentality. Mm-hmm. And when the bully, you know, like Cush used to say to me, "Hey, Teddy," and I was in that situation, so I understood. He used to say, "Teddy, you ever, you ever see the bully?" 
You know, he's picking on And then that one day in the schoolyard, somebody stands up to him. And the next thing, what's the bully doing? He's looking for the principal. <laughs> right? Yep. You know, and that's, and, and all the other things I said, which, you know, which I just explained. But uh, this kid's special. And again, he knew that he knew it was almost an unfair advantage by being smaller. Because it made him cognizant of everything he needed to be. The other guy being bigger and thinking that was an advantage didn't make him cognizant, didn't make him aware of what other things he needed to grab from. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't have those things to develop, but there are other things to grab from. He didn't think he needed those things to grab from. He just thought what he had was enough, being stronger. Being, but that doesn't mean a damn thing if you can't get in position to use that strength in that way. You're not picking him up and doing uh, <laughs> doing military <laughs> presses with him, right? No, no. So it doesn't matter. And this kid, Adesanya, understood that. And he was. it was almost unfair. Well, it turned out to be unfair. But it was almost really unfair that this poor big guy that thinks that's enough is in there with another guy who's using everything and i'm going to use a word that's going to trip people up he's even using his fear yeah he's using his fear because he's on edge he knows he has to be he has to be, but he's in control of his fear mm -hmm. he's got it working for him he's got it working for him he's got everything all the cylinders are, are charging hitting all the pistons are charging pop 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 everything's there so it was unfair. He's got everything. He's he's a work guy. Come here, I gotta move to the side. I, I gotta be alert. There's, you know, I can't be and and the other guy was trying to play the game of casual, like he you know, it don't yeah. like this is nothing. I'm just gonna walk in, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna wring your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. And then he started to realize that ain't happening. <laughs> and then, then it started going it started going south fast. And uh and then, uh, you know, in the game plan. I mean, if you wanted me to get down to the simple stuff, I think I said the most important part of this already. Yeah. But the simple stuff, yeah, he, he, you're a bigger guy won't box. And the way we deal with it and the way I deal with it is I keep give a guy angles, which he did some of it out of signing. But so the bigger guy can't be the bigger guy. He can't be set to punch, to deliver the power. But in his business, out of signing, said, no, I'll take his legs away so there's no legs <laughs> for the bigger body to to deliver a punch. If there's no downstairs, there's no foundation, there's no house. There's no building. So I'm going to crumble this freaking building. <laughs> so he did. He crumbled. He took he took those cinder blocks away from the foundation, from the basement. So so that was his strategy. He kept them up out, but to bang them and to stand with them a little bit. And that 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 was part of it. Like, you ain't bullying me. You're really not the bigger guy in the areas that count. Yeah, I'm right here, smarter, but still right here. It's not like he was, you know. It's not like he was running doing a track meet. You know what I mean? No, no, he was right no, there. No, no. So, and then he's like I said, he's he's banging, he's taking the bigger man's legs away, so he can't be the big, so he can't deliver the package. Yep. You know, and um, and then his quickness, his hands, you know. But but he got the guy ready, like Sugar Ray Robinson said. I got to get him dressed up before I take him out. And he got him <laughs> dressed up. He put a tux on him. You could feel the right when the momentum, right before <clears throat> the end of the fight, you could feel the momentum. I sent Rob a text that said, it feels like a snowball rolling downhill. Okay, we're gaining momentum now. Israel's like really pulling away now, right before he just like turned it up and just destroyed him. 
And no, you could just see it slowly building and then to like a crescendo when he finally finished them. And credit to Israel and his team, and I know he's really close with his team. I think he lived in the gym in New Zealand due to the COVID with his whole team for a, a period of like several weeks, if not months. And um, credit to his striking coaches and his um, uh, BJJ coaches and the whole team. They really did an awesome job. And, oh, tremendous. Uh, Tremendous. We, um, and like I said, if, if we'd love to talk to all of them anytime they're in the U.S., we'd love to um, have them on and chat. What their strategy was perfect. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, yeah, it's not much to add to that. I mean, he. I explained part of the why, because Costas really was at a disadvantage that he didn't know he was because he wasn't aware that he had to have everything. He was. He just uh, going there, and yeah, okay, you're a stronger guy. But when you get, when, how are you gonna get your hands on this guy? Yeah, he was just gonna <laughs> and, go in and just bully yeah, him and run yeah. him over. And and so he he was a just he he was like a poor. You have to feel sorry for him almost. He he wasn't aware of what he needed to be aware of. Almost reminded me of a bullfight. The bull comes charging in. I'm gonna get you. And the next thing you know, he's got like a hundred swords in his back uh, or kicks in his yeah. legs. Yeah. I, I wish once in a while that it, it could be just. Oh, I always root for the bull. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to. I, there's a few people I'd like to suggest they become matadors. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, in, in some of the places that are less supervised yeah. for that stuff. You know, it just. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, the one thing cuts. Uh, and again, it's almost it's a moot point, but just from his people, he could have been helped with one thing. People, because I'm sure people are probably saying, Teddy, what's the one thing he could have been, you know, except besides what you went over the landscape of the mind and all that territory where it's really where it comes down to. But he could have used his jab, mm -hmm. simple thing like that. But he's thinking of this and this. But that's not the one that's you should be thinking of with a guy like this. It should have been this, where you could have stabilized him a little bit, hit him in the chest, just hit him in the chest, just to stabilize him. And to mentally keep yourself in a game where you're touching them, where you have hope, because he lost hope, mm. and then you're dead. But where you and where you mentally tell the guy, oh, maybe I'm a little more than you thought I was going to be, mm -hmm. and you send a message. Messages are being sent, Ken. And so that jab, that's what I would have done. Come in with the jab. Forget about all this other stuff. Just, just to be in the game, mm -hmm. neutralize, neutralize the guy a little bit, and. But I tell you, when it first it was stark, the size difference. It mm. was, it was. I, I I couldn't help it, but I thought of David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. I said, "Wow, this is David and Goliath." And last I checked, David won, <laughs> and, and he's he still little, winning. And he was a little fella. Yeah, and and he won. And why he win? I know it had something to do with that pebble, mm -hmm. right? But it was this, it was this. Yep, that he was smart enough. To, to know what he had to do and the advantages he had with a giant just standing in front of him like yeah. a big old statue like a big old mountain and you know that's what he did instead of the pebble he used his legs mm -hmm. and, and his quick hands and uh, again there's this I like the guy. I yeah. like him. I, I like his bravado. I like his kind. That's part of him but it's not over the top. It's not I wanted to make a point of this because I know sometimes we get into these things and sometimes people can, they it can be obtrusive, it can be 
dislike there can be a disliking to the attitude like it's too much it's 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 arrogance it's <clears throat> like not respectful it's, you know it, sometimes it's i like this kid i even when he talks with his confidence and i see it for that i don't see it for where it can go the other way do, do you, you know yeah. am i explaining it right yeah exactly i i don't see it for being you know the sometimes disrespectful or or, or just just completely self-consumed to, to the point like I gotta listen to this stuff. You know, I appreciate his time, but no, this gets different. This gets different. He he's got that bravado. He's got that confidence. He's got that. Uh, he's earned it. He but it's real. Yeah, it's it's real, and it, and there's a when he talks it. There's a certain realness that you have to appreciate with it, no matter how strong it is. Yeah. Because there's a validity to it, there's a realness to it, mm-hmm. and and I like that he gave credit to his to his team. A lot of guys, you know, you see the selfishness. I I do, but he put across that certain thing to sell because everyone's trying to sell. Yeah, but with him, there's something else too that is appreci- I can appreciate that that's uh, legitimate, authentic. Anyway, I like the guy. I like him a lot. Um, you know, I I hope that he gets all the big fights that he deserves because uh, he goes and he goes in that cage with the lion. He faces that lion, and uh, he's putting himself right there with his confidence and his skills. Yep. All right, guys. Before we wrap it up again, I want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, PowerDot. Check them out at PowerDot.com. Use the promo code ATLAS for 20% off. Again, this product's used by all the top athletes in the NFL, MLB, NBA. I've personally given it to a handful of fighters, and they love it. I mean, you can see them all over social media. Um, Check out their social media handles at PowerDot. Um, again, Rob zooming in. I've still got this thing rehabbing on my calf from a calf injury and, uh, we just went for a run. So I'm trying to stay as loose as possible. The device promotes, uh, recovery, injury prevention, blood flow. It just does a lot of good things. Again, it's like a high tech massage. Um, and also again, as always, athletic greens, longtime sponsor of the show. If you guys follow the show, you know that we love this product. I take it every single day. Again, it's like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity. Um, So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Check them out, athleticgreens.com slash atlas for a free one-year supply of vitamin D, critical supplement during these COVID times to maintain a strong, healthy immune system. Check them out, Athletic Greens. Awesome night of fights. Um, Teddy, I know you're here with your family and I appreciate you doing this today. Hope the fans enjoyed this one. Before we sign off, is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I want to just add that. I didn't think I was going to add this, but first of all, that I hope everyone's okay out there, everyone's safe out there, um, taking care of themselves, taking care of their families, enjoying their families. And uh, because that's why I'm here to enjoy my family and to just remind. Uh, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes you get reminded of how important it is to uh, just to let your family know how much you love them. You know, just to 
you know, you're away, you're long, I'm, I'm all the way in New York, my son's over here, and, you know, and just, you get a reminder of how lucky you are. Yep. To have friends, to have family that, you know, um, you can drive down the street and you can see some homeless person and be reminded real quick. And I don't want to go down too serious a road, but real quick that it, it it's not something that's guaranteed to you. Yep. <laughs> so you should really work at it. Mm -hmm. And we should all work at being more appreciative for just having life. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe trying to care for each other a little bit more. You know, that's all. But and And part of what made me think about just going in that direction is that after we leave here now, we're going to go meet a guy that is, um, I'm happy to be meeting with him because he's a, not just because he's a UFC fighter and a guy that I think is going to be the UFC heavyweight champ and more important than me, a lot of people think that. And, and a guy that a lot of people, <laughs> you know, think that is the hardest puncher on the planet. I, I remember, uh, we we did an interview with him, and somebody said to me, uh, UFC fan of course, said, "He's the hardest puncher on the planet." I said, "Oh, okay." And um, but it's not for those reasons. It's because of kind of what I'm reflected on here. He's a good human being. Yeah. And it's just like maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I feel privileged. I feel fortunate. Anytime I can meet somebody. Again, not that he's a giant, that not that he's the hardest puncher, and that he's going to be the future UFC heavyweight champ. That I can meet a good human being. Yeah, I just feel I don't know. I just feel more fortunate. I feel like I've, I feel like I've gained something. Yeah, like like uh, I just feel like I gained something. Like like I like I had a a good day outside where you have a good day and you get some sun and, and you're around your family and you just feel good. Yeah, I, I feel that anytime you can be around a person that cares about other people and adds to the world, and he does. And of course, I'm talking about Francis and Ganyu. And um, I mean, he, he does all this charity work in the Cameroon. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's building gyms, places uh, for kids to have hope. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, again, it, it's just a reminder of maybe we all need sometimes. And I'm I'm no preacher, and please forgive me, but it's just a reminder of we got so much. Sometimes we forget, mm -hmm. and then you got guys like Nganyu that comes from a place where there's a, so much poverty in 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 place like Cameroon, where there there's not the opportunities you have here. Yeah. It's just not there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have all the, but it's not there. And, you know, and when you're around that, you can lose hope in a in a pretty good place. You can lose hope mm -hmm. because it's it's what you make of it. It's what you think. It's, it's your own private sanctuary of your where you go in your mind that if you're happy or not. Yeah. Someone will say, oh, you should be, but they don't understand that inside there's things going on that, you're not happy for it's got nothing to do with the opulence that might be around you. It's 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 got to do with the emptiness inside you for other reasons. Yeah. But when you're in a place like Cameroon where there can be so much poverty, it's easier to lose hope. Mm -hmm. And then you got a guy like this that takes his success 
and he's using it to give hope to other people. Mm-hmm. Again, the guy who told me he was the hardest puncher on the planet, I would I would say, yeah, but it's more than his physical punch. Mm-hmm. It's his punch that can affect other people without ever putting them in a the ring with them. Mm-hmm. It's his punch that can change people's life. Yeah, His power that can just, and what is that? And I guess that's the final thing I'll say. What is that? Mm-hmm. It's a four-letter word. What is it? It's it's not outside the stretch of any of us. It, no matter where we come from, no matter how much money we make or don't make, whatever. It's one word, and we're all capable of using it. Care. Mm-hmm. That's it. Care. And I'm gonna. We're gonna go meet him in a little while. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to his gym. I might even uh, show him the Tyson uppercut, <laughs> which he throws. Yep. But I'm. I might uh, tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. I might tighten it up a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. And oh my God, people out there say, Teddy, you're gonna get arrested <laughs> for, for doing stuff. This guy already is. You know, like Ali. Get him a uh, like with Ali, a deadly Ali, weapon. Ali would make up the poems. You know. Yeah. Ali was something. Right? <laughs> but he'd make up the poem. When I fight Sonny Liston, who who would have thought? that on that night, they were going to see the launching of a black satellite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for some people would say, you're going to be making this guy launch people. Like, and, and that's not giving him hope, Ted. Yeah. That, that's, that's not caring about him. <laughs> but, but outside of that realm of being in the ring, um, uh, the guy does care. The guy does uh, put himself out there in that special place. And I don't know. I didn't know I was going to talk about him like this. Uh, I hope you just don't mind, but um, again, I'm happy I'm here with my family. I'm happy I'm going to go see my family, but I'm also happy that I'm going to see uh, Francis uh, because any one time you can see somebody and shake somebody's hand and maybe even give them a hug that uh, you know cares about more than just themselves, Yeah, it it gives you hope. It gives you a little hope because when you have grandchildren like I do, you you start thinking, I hope the world can get better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need that little bit of a reminder that there are people who are still out there that can make the world better. Yep. And he's one of them. Cool. Well, with that, thanks for being with us. Appreciate all the support, guys. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>